Hello and welcome to another episode of In Their 20s, a web series where we interview the most influential people to give you the best advice in your 20s. Make sure you're hitting that follow button on Spotify to get notified when a new episode is released. And as always, this series is hosted by Michael Holmes and Landon Campbell. And on today's episode, we are interviewing Steve Stout. Steve is currently the Vice President of Strategic Initiatives and Chief of Staff at DePaul University. And on today's episode, Steve discusses the importance of higher education. So let's go ahead and jump right into our interview with Steve, where he discusses higher education in his 20s. Hello, I'm Landon Campbell. And I'm Michael Holmes. And you're watching In Their 20s, a podcast created for people who want the best advice on what they should be doing in their 20s. Today, we have a very, very, very special guest. Uh, we're going to be speaking with Steve Stout from DePaul University in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, currently, Steve serves as the Vice President of Strategic Initiatives at DePaul. And as well as that, he's the Chief of Staff to the President of DePaul. Uh, so, Steve, welcome, and thank you for taking time out of your day to speak with us today. Oh, thank you, Landon. Thank you, Michael, for having me. I'm, I'm delighted to be here and spend some time with you and, and share whatever wisdom I, I can uh, on, <laughs> under the circumstances. Well, like I said, I think um, what you and, and Michael have done is pretty remarkable um, at your age, and, and you should be proud of what you've built here and what you've started. Uh, and I look forward to continuing to follow uh, not only the podcast, but your, your lives and your careers. So before we dive in, we'd love to kind of bring it back to your college days. Uh, if you could speak with us about uh, your experiences playing sports in college, uh, that'd be wonderful. And then we'd also love to hear about uh, your internship at the NCAA. For me, um, I, I've always believed in uh, the transformative power of, of higher education. Uh, my parents, neither of my parents went to college. I'm a first generation college student, uh, but they instilled in me this drive, uh, this understanding of how important education is uh, because of its ability uh, to change the trajectory of your life uh, and your family's life and of a community, right? It, it only takes one person in a family um, to be successful and, and reach some kind of attainment in education. Uh, and then it, it breeds a cycle of other people in that family, generations in that family will then see that it's possible uh, to go to college, to get your degree uh, and see that the, do the doors it opens for them uh, so I, I'm grateful to my parents, even though they didn't go to college, for instilling in me this sense of, you know, college is important because of what it, it will help you accomplish, not for you, but for your children, for your children's children, uh, and for your community, wherever that may be. Uh, so, so that's the, the first piece. And for me, getting to college, uh, sports, that, that was the path. Uh, and so I, I don't know as if... I would have gone to college and certainly not uh, Seton Hall uh, had I not played soccer. Uh, and I, I'd done it all my life and I did it because I love it. Uh, it. It was just fun. It was just something to do and stay active. And, uh, but it turned into the key that opened the door to education, to higher education for me. Uh, and and it, it is that for so many people, uh, right? And unfortunately uh, that's lost. Right, because people get to, particularly when you think about big time college athletics, people think, okay, I want to go pro. I'm playing my sport because I want to go pro. And that's fine. But a very small percentage of student athletes um, leave college athletics and go professional. The vast majority of them uh, get a good education. 
they get a good education, they build a network, they develop skills that help them be successful in their careers, whatever that career is. Uh, and that was the case for me. You know, I learned so much uh, playing soccer in college that I couldn't have learned uh, anywhere else uh, in the classroom or otherwise. Uh, and there are things that are critically important to, to the work I do here at DePaul uh, and have been critically important throughout my career. Um, teamwork. You know, as much as we're all in a virtual environment and I don't see my colleagues, uh, I, I learned a lot about working with people and working across difference. Because uh, on a team, no matter, no matter what size the team is, no one will be the same. You will have teammates who look different than you, who come from different backgrounds, uh, different socioeconomics, uh, different family backgrounds, and, and you learn so much about yourself by being able to work together toward a common goal. Uh, and the two things I think that are biggest, uh, my biggest takeaways from being a, a college athlete is taking risk uh, and, and, and coping with failure. Because yeah, so much of how we treat um, kids, and I, and I know I, I make this mistake with my own kids, is you, you wanna protect them. You don't want them to fail. You, you want them to build confidence by being successful. Uh, but as an athlete, look, you can't win every game. And, and that's what I really took away from my college athletics experience is, you know, when things don't go right, you know, take a chance. Absolutely take risks. You know, try to do things that are creative, innovative, take a chance. But when they don't go right, that's okay. Learn from it and move on to the next thing. My NCAA internship, uh, and, and that's when I, I don't talk about it very often because it, it seems like it was so long ago. Uh, but <laughs> You know, it's, it's probably one of the most formative experiences I've had in my professional life. And at the time, it was one of the very few internships that were paid. Uh, so I got paid uh, to, to walk around the national office in Indianapolis. Uh, and I was, there were 11 of us. Uh, and I was the men's and women's basketball championship intern. So I, I planned the final fours and the men's and women's basketball uh, tournament. And, and that was my job for a year. Uh, and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I loved it mostly because of the people, right? You, you see the NCAA tournament and March Madness and, and, and the magic of it. Uh, and that is great. That, that is made for TV. That, that gets people so engaged and so passionate about their institutions uh, or, or they adopt an institution if, if yours isn't one of the 64 at the time, 68 now, uh, but it, it is a special moment in, in the calendar. I mean, it was unfortunate that we didn't have it this year. Uh, we hope we can get to some kind of tournament next year, but it was about the people. Uh, it, it's a small staff of people at the NCAA that, that put on the tournament together with local organizing committees in all the cities and at all the campuses that host the tournament. Uh, and those people, uh, they really believe in creating this experience for student athletes. Uh, and, and that's what I learned there, uh, that this is a people business. Uh, and I was exposed to, to some of the great names uh, in college athletics and, and in higher education. Uh, and that really set me on a path to where I am today. Uh, it's because of the people. It, it, my first, uh, one of the first jobs I got uh, was because someone I met I, when I was an NCAA intern who, he took a chance on me. He, he was the athletic director at Princeton. Uh, and I knew nothing about the job I applied for because uh, I'd never raised money in my life. Uh, and it was a fundraising alumni affairs type job, but he knew me. And I said to him, 
I will work so hard for you. I will learn so fast. Uh, and so the NCAA internship experience was a, was transformative for me because it was a platform uh, that has certainly helped me um, get to where I am today. You need to obviously, you know, like work really hard in your current position because it can always open up another door in the future. Um, and as it did for you, you know, after the NCAA uh, internship, which is really important to know, um, you know, there's never any room to slack off in these internships. I mean, you need to be able to prove yourself um, because again, one can lead to the next. And now, so since we're speaking about Princeton, we'd love to hear about the transition to law school. Like what motivated you uh, to then pursue a law degree? That's a really good question. Uh, and it's one I probably first answered when, when my mom asked me. Because mm -hmm. I've been at Princeton for three years. Uh, I think I was relatively successful. I was good at my job. I was enjoying uh, my time at Princeton and my colleagues. Uh, and to, to leave that, again, to take a chance, to take a risk, uh, to go to law school, uh, that, that was a pretty big leap uh, of faith for me. Uh, and not just to go to law school, but to go to the best law school I could get into, uh, a top seven law school at Penn, uh, that it was very intentional because uh, I love to challenge myself. So what motivated me to do it really was this desire to learn about myself. Uh, but it was also very strategic in the sense of uh, I've known for, for a while, uh, maybe not in my 20s, uh, but I've known for a while what I want to do ultimately in my career. For me to do that, for me to achieve that, um, I needed a terminal degree. So I, I needed to get the highest degree possible in, in my field. And so I looked around, I scanned the landscape, and I thought to myself, one of the things that uh, a JD allows you to do uh, is not only practice law, but to think, right? And, and our professors at Penn would say this all the time in your 1L year of law school, is what you learn as a 1L is to think like a lawyer. And that didn't make any sense to me when I, when I was actually in the moment. Um, mm -hmm. It makes sense to me now. Uh, it, it, is a, it is a way of processing large volumes of information, asking critical questions, and coming to a reasoned conclusion. And that's what I do every day. I love that you're still using the uh, skills that you, you know, developed in law school today in your profession. Uh, that's really important because I feel like a lot of times people, uh, you know, they are young and they're in jobs or they're, you know, doing a different career path or, you know, studying things in school and they really question, I mean, okay, like, will I be utilizing this um, in my future profession? Uh, but you can say, I mean, yes, you still use pieces of things like law school um, and internship um, for what you do today. It's just about learning. It's lifelong learning. It's continually learning. And like we talked about earlier, uh, like you said, I think, Landon, there, there really is no room to slack off. You're, you're in an internship. Do that to the best of your ability, right? Mm -hmm. give, it, give, give it everything you have every day because you never know. You never know what other opportunities might come of it. And don't do it because you're hoping to get something else out of it. Do it because it's the right thing to do. Give all of your effort, all of your energy to whatever you're doing and, and let the chips fall where they may. But I, I guarantee you it will work out if that's the way you approach it. Was there any kind of role model or mentor that you had in your 20s? In my 20s, and it's interesting uh, because the first one I would put on the list uh, is my college president, mm. right? So, and it's interesting because I went to Seton Hall University, and my president at the time, Monsignor Shuren, uh, is a Catholic priest who looks nothing like me. <laughs> right? But he and I have had a great relationship for, uh, for 20 years now. 
Uh, and again, it goes back to, to work. I worked on campus. And so I worked in the rec center at the front desk, you know, just swiping people in as they come in to use the gym. Uh, and over the summer, trying to make a little extra money. So I'm, I'm there sitting in the rec center at the front desk early in the morning. Uh, and the president of the university comes in the front door. Uh, he, he's coming to the gym. And we just strike up a conversation. And one of the questions he asked me, and he tells this story better than I do, um, <laughs> it is why, why Seton Hall? Why did you choose Seton Hall? And this is at the end of my freshman year. So I'm a rising sophomore. Uh, and I grew up in Trinidad and Tobago. I, I immigrated um, to go to Seton Hall. I uh, had never been in the States before my freshman year. Um, so talk about huge culture shock. Um, I had a little bit of an accent <laughs> um, uh, and, and I had dreads in college, if you can believe that. Uh, so, and he always says to me, the answer I gave him was so moving in terms of why I chose Seton Hall University that he never forgot it. Uh, and I said to him, I, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I knew based on what I read, because I never saw the campus, I knew that was the right place for me. It was about fit. I felt like that was my home. And from that conversation on, he said, if you need anything ever, you let me know. And throughout my college career, I never went to his office and said, well, you know, I'm friends with the president, so I need this. Or I, need... I never did it, not once. But he was at my games. My senior day, when the four seniors on my team, he was there. He was sitting in the stands. You know, he would see me walking around campus. He would stop and we would have a conversation. And when I graduated, uh, he spent time on graduation weekend with my parents and with my family. And that meant the world to me. And, and that was the moment I thought, okay, so this is what it means to work in higher education and to care about students and their families in a way that you wouldn't expect from a college president, right? Because there are 10,000 students. But that was the way he was. Uh, each and every student got his attention. When you, when you were with him, you got his attention. And he cared and cared deeply about you, why you were there, what you hoped to achieve, uh, and how he could help you do that. I love that story. Uh, that was really wonderful. And I love how uh, you know, that one small interaction you know, created this wonderful mentor in your life. Um, and a lot of times, you know, mentorship just comes in like that. And, you're, and that's just a beautiful thing that you're still in touch and like you're still, um, you know, utilizing all of his teachings, advice. Um, he sounds like an amazing person. On the subject of uh, higher education, Steve, um, you know, because of the current pandemic, you have many students um, considering taking gap years um, or even considering, you know, community college um, as substitutes to attending education at a you know, larger university. Um, so if you could speak with us about, you know, your personal um, experiences and just benefits from attending a larger university and how those benefits can still be applied today, uh, that'd be wonderful. No, that's, yeah, that's a great question. Very relevant, very current. What I got out of going to uh, a large university at Seton Hall is independence. You, you have to figure it out. <laughs> uh, and there is great value uh, in doing that. Uh, and not everyone, it doesn't work for everyone, but part of the college experience is, is some maturity, uh, is getting out there on your own, is being independent. Uh, and being at a large university, um, you're kind of forced to figure some things out. Not everything, right? Mm -hmm. Because one of the benefits, again, another benefit of a large university is resources. 
uh, there are so many resources, particularly a place like DePaul, uh, to help our students navigate the college experience, uh, to position them to be successful. From the day you walk, before you walk through the door as a freshman, uh, there are people who are devoted to helping you be successful. Because what we talk about at DePaul is if we recruit you to come to DePaul, if you enroll at DePaul, it is our job to help you be successful. We want every single one of our students to graduate. So if we say, come join us at DePaul, parents, send your students, send your kids to DePaul. It's because we believe that a DePaul education will change your life. We believe that you could get great value from a DePaul education. And we want every single student from the minute you set foot on campus, mm -hmm. we want you to graduate. We want you to go off and be successful. So until we do that, we're going to keep working to get better at it. Um, and, and so being at a large university, yeah, it, it, it's independence. It's not, you're not going to get your hand held and that's okay. But there are, there are resources, there are people, and, and, and you both know this, there are people who care and they will get to know you by name and they will check in on you. They will make sure you're doing okay. They'll make sure you, you're pursuing the right opportunities and you're involved in the right activities uh, for what you want to do and what you want to achieve because each individual student matters and is important. Um, so those are, I think, two of the great benefits of going to a large university is, you know, if you, if you want to be lost in the sea, you can do that. You can be one of the many, uh, but you can also stand out. You can also be one of the few. You can also get really plugged in to all the resources and all the people available to you. So you, you get a little bit of the best of both worlds. You can be anonymous, you can have some anonymity, or you can be really well known. Um, and I think that's, that's part of the fun of going to a large university. And we have the added benefit at DePaul uh, of being in Chicago. Let me know, I do really believe in that as well. I mean, Michael and I really enjoyed our time um, at DePaul University. We really, you know, are still blue demons at heart. You know, we're still a part of the community. Um, I'm still, you know, close and in touch with a lot of my um, professors, even though I'm graduated. And clearly, you know, we're still you know, meeting and speaking with you as well. So um, these are resources that you'll always have uh, your entire life. So thank you for touching on that. Good. You, you'll, you will always be a blue demon. You can always come home. Uh, so do, don't ever forget that. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, um, you, you will always be a blue demon. And this will always be your home. Thank you. And, I, you know, I, I truly think that it's, it's not just going to a large university, but as you said, using the resources that they provide to you. Um, so as Landon and I did, you know, we used DePaul's geographic location, getting internships in the city. Uh, we established, you know, different relationships with professors who, every professor is really, if you speak with them outside of the classroom, they're there to help, help you uh, catapult your career to another level you know they will do anything in their power uh, to really help you and and uh, make their students more motivated to find their own passions uh, so that I mean that, I guess that kind of leads into our last question just about uh, your freshman year is really a year to you know quote unquote figure it out uh, so what advice would you have for a, you know a freshman coming in this year uh, whether it be remote or even in person, uh, what, w what would your advice for them be on, you know, kind of figuring out what they want to do and where they want to be and what they should do with their career? Yeah, that, that is a really good question. Um, 
you know, I, I think when it comes to figuring it out, right, it, it's be open-minded, um, be open-minded. I think that is, if there's one thing I could say, and I'll say more than one thing, but if there's one thing, it, it would be be open-minded uh, because you, 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 you don't know. You don't know the, the person you sit down next to, even though it may be six feet apart or more, um, you don't know what could come of that interaction. Uh, you, you don't know, to your point, Michael, when you approach a professor outside of class, um, go ahead and do it. Uh, you never know what the outcome will be. Don't worry about the outcome. Um, go ahead and do it. Be open-minded. Don't, you don't have to know all the answers. Uh, part of the college experience is getting the answers. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the process. Uh, I, I, know so, I know that will bother some people who are very, uh, very type A, and they're very organized, and they know everything has to follow a sequence. And that's okay if that's your personality and that's what works for you. Uh, but college, one of the things about freshman year, you get to start over, right? You, you just came from high school and you were a senior and you were the big deal. Uh, now, now you're in college. Now you're the low man on the totem pole again. You get to start over. You get to reinvent yourself. So don't, don't think you have to know all the answers. You don't have to know all the answers. There are people to help you along the way, but be open-minded, have conversations, try things, meet people, because uh, that's when you really get the most out of your experience in college, it is when you really dig in, when you get involved, when you, as much as you give, particularly at a place like DePaul, you will get that much more in return. So, you know, in terms of freshman year, um, be open-minded. This freshman year, um, yeah, it's, I feel for these students uh, because they would, they would not have had what they've been looking forward to for years. Uh, they would not have had the graduation from high school like they envisioned. Uh, their freshman year will be different. Um, I, I feel for them in a way, uh, but I'm also excited for them because as much as this pandemic has hurt, um, economically in terms of lives lost, um, families uh, and their circumstances. What it affords them uh, is a chance to learn at a more rapid pace than they could have ever imagined. The one thing that is constant is change. Things will change and they're changing so quickly now because of not only technology, but we're forced by this pandemic to evolve and be nimble and be quick. Uh, and so in some ways, I'm excited for this freshman class because they get to adapt. They get to be adaptable. They get to be flexible. They get to be nimble and embrace change. That's something that is really difficult for some people to do. It takes a long time for some people to, to feel comfortable with change. Uh, and, and this freshman class doesn't really have a choice. Uh, so that's so I would say two things then. So not one thing. One is certainly be open-minded, uh, but embrace change. Uh, it, it is the way of the world, uh, and it may be enforced upon you now. It, it may not be your choice um, in terms of the, the turmoil brought on by the pandemic. But how you react to it, how you respond to it, that is your choice. So I, I say embrace it. 
I say change is constant, embrace it and make the most of your opportunity. It will be different. It will be different than what you expected, uh, but it will be so valuable in ways that you don't expect. Steve, uh, that was beautiful. Like, you know, thank you for really breaking that down because change is difficult and we all really recognize that. But I mean, this is something that we're all going through together. Um, this is something that, you know, isn't just you know, affecting you know, one person or a few. I mean, you know, we're all really living this together. Um, and I understand it's difficult, but I mean, this is how we evolve. And what, you know, and I'd even, you know, really agree with your point. I mean, for, to the incoming freshmen, I mean, you know, this is time to like self-reflect, you know, like learn more about who you are. Um, and then, of course, I mean, coming into a community like DePaul, now you have, you know, others you can also reflect with, you know, become one with. So um, that's really going to be important for incoming freshmen. Um, but again, I mean, as difficult as times are right now, um, this is really a time to challenge ourselves, um, you know, try and, you know, create new things. I know in their 20s, you know, would have never been created if it wasn't, uh, you know, from this pandemic. <laughs> I mean, this is literally something that, you know, Michael and I wanted to, um, had an opportunity to work on, you know, from a lot of this, you know, time at home. So um, I understand, I mean, sometimes you need to adjust and, you know, move and evolve, but this is something that we will um, get stronger from and really be able to build, um, build from. Very well said, very well said. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. That's a great way to, to think about it. Um, mm -hmm. and, and again, <laughs> I will say it again, and I think it is, um, and it's not effusive in my praise, but for, for where you are in your careers mm -hmm. um, and being in your early 20s, uh, you, you've taken this moment and this opportunity and you've created something, uh, you've created something that is useful uh, and, and it is, it will be lasting in, in its use. So after this pandemic, you know, after people continue to get back um, to whatever normal is, um, the ability to reflect on uh, what you've done here and what you've built and the content that you're um, developing, I, I think will be, something that people will gain value from for a long time. So congratulations. I, I am, I'm excited for you and I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but I'm really proud of you. Job well, well thank done. You. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, really, I mean, that's, you know, humbling to hear that from you and really appreciate um, that. And again, just thank you for taking time you know, out of your day to speak and inspire people in their 20s to be better, you know, take risks. Um, of course, you know, focus on what they're doing, you know, present day, but I mean, you need to always have, um, you know, an eye on the future as well. Um, and I know through all of your stories, um, all of the lessons that you shared today, um, our viewers will be able to get a lot out of this interview. So Steve, thank you so much. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Landon. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the invitation. And um, you, you know where to find me. And the same goes for all, all of your viewers. If I can be helpful, uh, and I really sincerely mean it, um, find a way to get in touch with me. I I'm more than happy to have conversations. Um, and help in any way I can. So thank you. Thank you for listening to the In Their 20s podcast. For a full video version, please visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And for more information about Steve Stout, please visit our website at inthair20s.com.